What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast episode number 88. My name is Josh Toll. I'm joined by my friend, Brett Roberts. Good friend. I don't know why I just said friend, like in a derogatory way there. We're not friends anymore. Okay, goodbye. This is behind the scenes stuff. Josh is airing our grievances live. He didn't tell me we were going to do this, but we're not friends anymore. Uh, that's why we took a week off last week. We had a big fight, a big falling out. We're not friends anymore. And uh, oh, that's it. This is the last episode of Hapticast, so thanks for watching. That's right. And what a last episode it will be, right? We have a great show for everybody today. That's right. Uh, talking about, of course, as the title topic suggests, Callisto Protocol being canceled in Japan and uh, maybe having a little bit more of a conversation around censorship in video games, which I actually think is pretty interesting when it comes to Japan. Um, just looking at their media and like culture and stuff like that where they yeah. really care about some things and they really don't care about some other things right um, so it's, it's just an interesting conversation to be had there um, that's a title topic if you're watching this on playback or the whole thing or a lot you know whatever uh, you can skip to the end if you want to there'll be timestamps in the description or you could just not be abysmal and just fucking wait until we get there okay that's right the abysmal chronicles we're talking about um french a french streamer making Yu-Gi-Oh basically literally quite literally come to life. Um, That's right. And one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. Um, so that'll be interesting to talk about. Um, PS Plus losing a bunch of subscribers by the millions. Um, some interesting stuff to talk about there. The Last of Us TV show date being leaked and confirmed. Uh, yep. Supposed to announce it this week. And well, we know now. Modern Warfare 2, unfortunately, for people that were rooting against Call of Duty, like me, uh, breaking franchise sales records um, yet again. Yeah. Yet again. Um, That's okay. Sega, uh, somebody finding a lost Sega uh, FMV thriller with a twist, if you will. Erotic. And, yeah, and it being playable now. And then um, God of War is in the wild, unfortunately. So spoilers are abound with that. But talking about that too but brett let's start as we always do with our media consumption update i know we both have a lot this week some stuff we'll talk about some stuff i'll just skim over would you like me to start or do you want to start uh yeah you can start all right um i'm actually gonna work backwards from stuff that i know that you didn't play and then i'll end with stuff that you watched slash played and then transition it to so smart books i'm still reading lord of the rings and i also started reading the passenger which is cormac mccarthy's new book um the guy that did the road and um oh uh, blood meridian no country for old men um all those you know incredible books but also subsequently have incredible movies made after them i love the fucking road dude yeah the road is an awesome book it's even sadder than the movie is um cormac mccarthy just has a certain way of writing he's like very terse where like he's not super big on descriptions, but he's like, and then and then the man picked up the hatchet, then he took the hatchet to the person's skull and proceeded to completely bash it in. Blood went everywhere. It's fucking abysmal. And he just like lit like it's like sentence, 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 sentence. He moves on. It's like really interesting way of writing. Uh, and the man is ninety years old almost, and he just released. My God. This, he just released this book, and he has a sequel to the book coming out this year. And let me tell you, I think you would really like it. It's fucking weird. And there's what is some, it? It is. I honestly don't think I could tell you the genre without spoiling it. It's about a person going on a diving mission where they they find this ship that has sunk, and that's all I'm gonna tell you. 
it's it's fucking weird. The first 25 pages of that book are among the most incredible and weirdest shit I've read in my entire life. Like, oh. I honestly couldn't believe it. Uh, what's up, Unigoff? The book is called The Passenger by Cormac McCarthy. It just came out. And there's a sequel to it coming out this year. So it's interesting. It's weird. Um, I actually finished it uh, in just over the weekend. Uh, it's fairly short. Um, and it's really good. So, man is... It sounds uh, awesome. Still a, pumping him out at almost 90 years old. I had no idea he was that old. Dude, he's old. He's old. Huh. He's, he's very old. Um... But yeah, it's awesome, so I, I recommend it. Uh, the last book, I'll wait to talk about. Yeah, because you and I are reading the yeah. same book. Uh, TV and anime. Uh, Cabinet of Curiosities from Guillermo del Toro. I think it's fine. I think some shorts are better than others. Um, this is on Netflix? It's yeah. on Netflix. It's an anthology series. Um, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I think some shorts are stronger than others. I don't think any of them are particularly great. So that's all I have to say about it. Um, Tales of the Jedi best star wars we've gotten in years uh, wow. i mean it's basically it's six shorts done in the style of the clone wars cartoons three of them are about count dooku three of them are about ahsoka tano the ahsoka tano ones are really good right from like a like a comfort feeling like i love that character perspective but not particularly groundbreaking the stuff with dooku is among the most interesting shit that we've gotten in star wars in a long time and it's three 20 minute shorts and it adds so much context to count dooku as a character of stuff that he was doing right before the Clone Wars and as the Clone Wars began. Because in the movies, and even in the cartoon, you see him after the turn, right? After he, because he was a Jedi once. Right. This you see him before, during his downfall, and why he left the Jedi Order. And that question of why he left the Jedi is fucking yeah. awesome. And how they answer it. It's incredible. So, recommend it. Um, Unsolved Mysteries as well on Netflix. Um, you know, they're fine. They're pretty, they're, some are better than others. And I think they're all interesting. But that's about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, games. Uh, and then I'm still messing around with Cyberpunk. Movies. I'm going to rattle a couple off. Watch Demons and Demons 2, which are two um, Italian horror movies, which are really cool. Um, Cemetery Man, another Italian horror movie, considered like the last great Italian horror movie, kind of that the 70s and 80s era. Um, really vibey, awesome, weird movie. Uh, watch Bullet Train, which surprised the hell out of me. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I think Brad Pitt is awesome. I think you'd like that movie. Yeah. Okay, now stuff that we've both watched and read and done. Okay. Ter Terrifier and Terrifier 2. Um, those are two very, very interesting films. Terrifier, I loved the first one. I thought it was really good. I think Art the Clown is just an incredible character. He really is. And his, whoever, I forget the name of the actor that performs him. Me too. Um, but he kind of gives the performance of a lifetime in, in Terrifier. Like, it's so endearing yet so incredibly disturbing and off-putting and just strange and weird and unsettling yeah i would find myself laughing and my fiance who was watching both of the films with me would be like why are you laughing and i'm yeah. just like because it's fun and this is a good character and he's good dude he is and let me tell you what he's even better in terrifier 2 yeah he is and terrifier 1 has 
one of the most gruesome kills I've ever seen in a movie in my entire Like, it made me wince, which is hard. Yeah. The second movie has one that's even worse. The, all, all I'm going to say is Bleach. When that happened, <laughs> yeah, I was finished. I literally could not believe it. Very creative. That's a word for it. <laughs> I think that the kill in Terrifier 1 is more memorable than any kill in Terrifier 2. Simply because it does something so out of this fucking world that you would not expect. And it's never been done in a horror movie. Sure. Uh, it's definitely so e easier to summarize. Like, it's, it's, very, yes. it's, very, <laughs> it's very succinct. But yes. the whole bedroom scene that I'm referring to in Terrifier 2, where this... Not only does this character get totally uh, obliterated, but yeah. after she's obliterated, it settles for a second. And then Art returns with something that is absolutely even worse. And then it somehow gets even worse later when the later mom, when the mom yeah. comes in. Yeah. It's, it's mind-blowing. It really is. I mean, those, those films are phenomenal. If you love... First of all, you have to like horror movies, you have to like a specific type of horror movie, and you have to be okay with a lot of gore. <laughs> yeah those movies are awesome yeah i would agree with you i uh like i said I, I we talked about this offline a little bit and i i mentioned to you my problem is that i think terrifier one had really bad acting and like you said it's like it's the camp it's the camp and that's fine yeah uh, it is very campy it's a campy horror movie yeah but terrifier two felt like i was watching an actual film yeah. like an actual movie mm -hmm. and uh not a short film made by like a college kid and I really, really liked it a lot yeah. as a film, as a movie. And I think uh, all the characters film. were pretty good in it, too. Yeah. They all served yeah. their purpose. And the main actress, um, I forget her name, too. I think she's was great in it. I think so, too. The mom was very abysmal. Yeah. Um, I feel like she played her part well. The director basically told her to be a cunt. And she said, OK, I'm a cunt. But in the best way. Yeah. Um, she yeah, did well. Yeah, those movies are great. Um, and you know what's? Even more insane is that Terrifier 2 is like two and a half hours long. Dude, it's long. It is, but it does not. It's so much fun, and it is done and paced so well. Yeah. It's not. It's like not a slog at all, because fir the first movie is like 80 minutes. And when I saw that the yeah. second movie was two and a half hours, I was like, oh, God, do I even watch this right now? Like, And I did, and time flew. So. A lot of uh, producers and, and movie studios didn't want to touch Terrifier 2. Because the movie, the first one didn't do as well. It was a cult classic. Sure. Uh, but it actually did a Kickstarter, I think, and Bloody Disgusting ended up picking it up and producing yeah. it. Yeah, so. and now the second movie made like $10 million on like a $250,000 budget or something like that, which yeah, pound for pound is insane. Very successful film. Yeah, so congratulations there. Really cool. Uh, yeah. Speaking of films that are not good, though, VHS 99, we watched, um, I think the first last three shorts are really good i think the first two almost ruined the entire movie to the point where like i if we would have turned it off after the second one i'd be fine <laughs> yeah i uh i, I mentioned this in a, in a again an offline conversation that we had i think that it's cool that they're trying to be authentic with the technology they use this is supposed to be a, uh, a footage that was found in 1999 and um that's cool that it's using analog technology or they make it look like it's analog technology. But my man, you literally can't see what's going on for half the movie because it's so dark or grainy. Um, and I'm not usually a big com person that complains about that kind of stuff, like Cloverfield with the shaky camera. Like, I, I don't complain about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but this was like really bad. Like, we could barely see what was going on. 
And we had all the lights off in my house. We still couldn't see what was going on. And then I even followed some of the directors on Twitter. And some of the special effects and detail that went into uh, specifically the seance one, the mm-hmm. seance skit, some of the special effects they did for those monsters in that other universe are so good. But you wouldn't know because it's so lo-fi. Right. Uh, so it's a shame. Like, like um, what was the main, the woman's name the in that bit? The, the one that lived there. Um, the, cra- the crazy lady who was like, follow me, like taking them all around. Yeah, I don't I remember, remember her name. Yeah, she had like she was great. She was awesome. And she had these like nodules on her back that actually like pulsed, dude. Oh, cool. I couldn't see that. I couldn't see it. So, yeah, um, it, it, it almost gets in its own way with some of them. 100 percent. And as we mentioned offline, the next film is going to take place in 84. Right. 85 or something. something like is it VHS 99 or is it 95? I don't fucking know, dude. I think it's 95. It's 90 something, 80 something. I'm whatever. looking it up. Because it VHS 99, 94. Whatever, dude. Which one are we talking about? We're talking about the one that just came out. Yeah. So. What else do you want to say about that? Uh, nothing. I think yeah. I think uh, I tweeted this out though. I do think um, I forget her name now off the top of my head, but we're just there, bad with names. There's one yeah, I am. There's one skit that has to do with a game show uh, and awesome. kidnapping the game show host. And let me just tell you, I see one of the best. I've I, in it contains one of the best performances I've ever seen in a short horror film in my entire life, and that is no memes. Yeah. The mom yeah. in that is fucking nuts, and she's awesome. So and she replied to us on Twitter. So she we're did. famous. All right. Uh, that's it for movies, um, games. Like I said, we're both playing Overwatch Two. I don't think we have anything else to say about that, unless you do. Uh, but then we also both played and beat Shadows of Rose, the Winter's Expansion DLC for Resident Evil Eight. And I'm here to tell you, it was awesome. This is supposed to be the end of the Winter storyline. Please don't. I want more Rose. I want to use her powers in a full-fledged Resident Evil game because it adds such such a freshness to the regular combat of Resident Evil. And I think Rose is a cool character, and I think there's way more that you can explore with that storyline. And here's my my hot take. We absolutely are going to see more because they re-included the same epilogue in the Shadows of Rose DLC. Same exact epilogue. Resident Evil 9 is Rose's game. Call them now. Maybe. Anyway, anything to say about that? Um, I like Shadows of Rose a lot. I think it did a lot of unique things. Uh, you know, obviously it was in third person, whereas the main game was in first right. person. I, I That was a welcome change. We're going back to third person. We went to first person. Now I'm going to go back to third. Uh, I don't think it needed to be in first person. I actually think it served the purpose of this story better because yeah. you could actually see Rose most of the time. And in first right. person, you don't actually see your character. Right. And I think, and I think it was how she used the powers to it helped. Yeah, for sure. I just think story wise, it was and I don't want to spoil anything, but to see Rose was very important. Right. Because of things that you see in that, in that, in the DLC. Sure. So yeah, I uh, cried good. at the end of the game. So yeah, I was a little it's good. Bitch. It's a touching, it's a touching ending. Um, took me about a little over three hours to beat, which I think is fine for a DLC. Um, really quick in and out experience. Uh, very well done. Scary. Well directed. Dude, I, I cannot deal with the dolls. It's, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's like the one of the few things on the face of the planet that actually terrify me. 
So playing that, that level, not just in the base game, which was hard enough, in this too, uh-uh. Yeah, the I, mannequins I, were really bad for me. I don't think I ever solved puzzles quicker in my life. Right. I was like, um, you know, like the the meme from The Hangover where there's like numbers and stuff processing? Dude, I'm, yeah. I go in a room and I'm like, okay, I got it. And I freaking sprint through it. Nice. <laughs> I was so hyper-focused to get it over with. I think I have the same thing you have for dolls, but with mannequins, because there was a game, uh, Condemned 2 Bloodshot, mm. that had a portion that was... I know mannequins, dude, and you would turn around, they would move and stuff. And yeah, well, Shadows game, of Rose does <laughs> takes that, that to another level. Really, yeah. really cool, by the way. That yeah. that segment, really cool. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that was good. <clears throat> um. Uh. And then the last thing, and then we should move on. Well, well, to your stuff too, obviously. But um, the books I finished listening to, the book Identified Flying Ooh. Objects. I did not know that you finished it. I finished it. I haven't texted you anything because you'll just need to finish it yourself. Okay. This man is a genius. He is brilliant. And the fact that he does not actually, he's just like, here's what's going on, dude. Right. <clears throat> I guess for context, by the way, it's a whole, it's a book about a theory that he has that. Well, who is he? He's a doctor, Dr. Michael Masters. Um, and his whole theory is that <clears throat> extraterrestrials and UFOs that we have seen and accounts of them are not actually, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> are not actually beings from other planets, but from future in time. So he calls them extraterrestrials on Earth. And they're anthropologists, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, but he basically just takes like all these equations he even talks about einstein's equations he talks about hawking's equations he's like here's here's what we've based these things on in the past um including like biological equations like basically postulating that like the chance of intelligent life on other planets is close to 100 percent. and he's like you take all these liberties but then he like disproves it or not disproves it he counters it with like his own math and he's like here's other things here's a more realistic thing here's you know how we can equate like it's just honestly brilliant and the fact that he doesn't toot his own horn that much and he's like yeah like i could be wrong but like i think it's more plausible explanation to flying like to ufos and stuff like that because of these reasons and i think it's pretty compelling so right and i'm here to tell you real quick that our youtube stream is down what stream is ended. stream is healthy oh wait no it's not just a heads up we're still live on twitch what? Which will have a VOD, right? At least. Yeah. All right. I'm not worried about it then. We could just upload the VOD. What happened? I don't know. Huh. It was anyway. Dr. Michael, like Dr. Michael Morbius, dude. He was, he heard us talking about him and he, from the future, came and shut our stream down because he doesn't want the information getting out there. Anyway, that's all right. You, um, that's all I have to say. You keep going. I'll try to yeah. troubleshoot this while you go. I don't have many things, so unfortunately, I'm, I'm going to be pretty quick. But um, yeah, Terrifier 2, I watched VHS 99. I watched uh, Overwatch 2. I'm playing Resident Evil Village Shadows of Roses, we mentioned before. Um, I'm watching Rick and Morty. I just finished the last episode before their break, and it was actually really funny and really good. Unsolved Mysteries, as Josh said, big fan of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. So going through that. And then I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. 
I watched Chainsaw Man, and that Ooh. is a slick fucking anime series, and I love it. That's um, good. I've been reading it. I have like four of the volumes over there, but now I am watching it. So I'm really enjoying that. And then on top of that, one more thing I want to mention, Rayman Legends. I'm so fucking close to the platinum. I think I'm going to make a video, dude. Oh, no. I'm going to make a video essay of why this game is abysmal and why it's so hard to get the platinum. And it's going to be called This is the Hardest Trophy Get. Or this is Achievement Hunters Hate This Game is what the title will be called. Okay. I like it. And I'm just I'm just going to go off, dude. I like it, though. So. Um, update. I don't know why YouTube stopped. I didn't get a single error. Code. Nothing well, happened. It's just I was off. I was getting some like weird when you were going through your first couple of, of things on the list. I was glitching really hard. Um, I couldn't see what the fuck was going on. Yeah, Frankly's in the chat. What up, Frankly? Um, yeah, because Twitch is still up. So I like Frankly because he comes in. He just always. What up, slick boys? Like he knows what's up, dude. Like that is awesome. That's just the most awesome thing in the world. So what's up, frankly? We were having some issues. Our YouTube stream went down, but I think we're we're just going to roll into it, right? Yeah, I mean, I can just upload the VOD to YouTube later. That's fine. Okay. Well, before we roll the intro, Josh, I want to mention a couple things. Uh, we do have merch available at our store. If you want to support us, hapticintel.com slash merch. Should be on our link tree, on our links, on our Twitch and our YouTube and our Twitter and all that good stuff. This is one of our newer uh, designs right here. It's the Cult of Slick shirt. It's designed like a black metal tee. So if you want to be a part of the Cult of the Slick, check out this uh, Haptic Intel Cult of the Slick shirt. And um, we have a couple of other things on there too. We have a California shirt, I think. Um, truthfully, I don't know what the fuck's on there. So you might find some goodies. You might find a deal. You might find some goofs and some gaffs. But, uh, until then, we're going to roll the intro because our show starts whenever Josh clicks the button. Does that, mean, does that mean I'm live? Yes. All right. Uh, so, yeah, welcome to the show, guys. Welcome to Hapticast episode uh, 88, was it? Correct. Um, this is the Abysmal Chronicles, the section of our show where we just go through a couple of news stories that we think were a little abysmal or really good. And uh, they just weren't good enough to make it as our main topic, but we still want to talk about them. So that's what we're going to do here today. Before I do that, though, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to go through this week's upcoming video game releases. Guys, I'm here to tell you right now. I don't know what any of these games are. This is a weird week of games. Um, yeah, there's not much. There's not much. The big one comes out literally a day after this list is done. Right? right. Two days after this list is done. So, no, uh, yes. 
So yeah. first we got Die by the Blade, which is a video game that is coming out on PC, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, and the Xbox One on November 3rd. The Entropy Center is coming out for PC, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One on November 3rd. RoboCo comes out on PC on November 3rd. Looks like RoboCop, but they just like chopped the P off on accident. Mm-hmm. It Takes Two releases on Switch November 4th. Has that really not been on Switch this whole time? No, it hasn't. Wow, that seems like a missed opportunity, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an Unreal 4 game. So, mm. I mean, and, you know, the, the Switch is stinky and it sucks. and It's not powerful, so. Yeah. Uh, game of the Year 2021. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Shout out to my boy. Soulstone Survivors releases on PS, or I'm sorry, PC on November 7th. And the Unliving, which is what I want to do right now, comes out on PC <laughs> November seventh. Uh, oh. And then, of course, God of War Ragnarok releases on November 9th, But we will talk about that more in a little bit. Let's hop into some news stories. Josh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Chat, are you ready? Yes. All right. A French streamer makes 3D Yu-Gi-Oh summons a reality. That's right. This is a story coming from IGN. Super Zulu, which is how I'm going to pronounce the name because I don't know French. You do. Is it Super Zulu? I don't fucking know, bro. It's been okay. 18 years since I've taken French. Super Zulu is a French Yu-Gi-Oh! Twitch streamer and YouTuber who primarily makes videos related to Yu-Gi-Oh! Like deck builds, deck tier lists, duels, and things like that. Uh, he uploads his Yu-Gi-Oh! videos to his YouTube channel as well. Super Zulu designed a custom play mat specifically designed for this 3D play that we're going to be talking about. The playmat is connected to multiple apps, which is also connected to multiple cameras and his computer. Basically, think OBS, but it's being controlled by a goddamn Yu-Gi-Oh! playmat. All right? Uh, the way that it works is when he places down a monster card, the playmat's <laughs> reader detects special chips attached underneath the cards. So to create the best possible experience... Zul, with the help from his friends, had to attach chips to 3,600 of his Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, fr frankly, I just want to point out, frankly, is calling um, the streamer that uh, looks like you. He's saying he looks like you, but without hair. Does he? I didn't see him. Um, I could see it. I mean, you don't wear round glasses, but I think if you maybe, you know, square up okay. the glasses, you know. Yeah, I see it. I see it. We have similar mustache and like beard going yeah. on for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's me. Basically, I, I did this. So just give me all the credit. That's fine. Uh, but the cool thing about this is the camera view is automatically switched to the one closer to the play area to show the summon monsters animations. Uh, once the summon process is over, the scene switched back to the default scene, which shows the overview of both players' play areas. So essentially how this works is they'll put down a monster card the camera will be on both players. A player will put down a monster card and the camera will automatically shift to a closer angle. So you could see that monster being summoned. And once the animation is over, it'll go back to the main default view. So it's literally like you're watching the show, like Yu-Gi-Oh, the anime. Right. Uh, this says, however, card games tend to move fast, especially when two seasoned players who have knowledge of all the cards are playing against each other. Uh, Zul has to come up with a plan where he can switch from automatic mode to manual mode thanks to Elgato's stream deck pedal. So he also has a foot pedal that he's using to control this, which is fucking insane. Yeah. 
so how how long how many months went he said like took him seven months just to get it to its current state right something like that yeah something like that so i, I mean, mean it took they had to get chips on three thousand six hundred Yu-Gi-Oh cards yeah man this is pretty cool and obviously a passion project so yeah and but imagine how much his game his his like streams have been upgraded with this oh sure and i don't forgive me if you mentioned it or not yet i forget um but I think he mentions he talks about in the video him wanting to have it do it automatically so that he can keep his hands free and continue to play and that way he doesn't right. have to worry about you know constantly switching scenes and all that stuff right you know it's not like he has a producer or something doing it like you know what i mean so right yeah so in a way it's like not only is it when he plays a card it's not just some doing a summoning animation but it's also a, like you said like a producer that is automatically switching scenes for him so really cool yeah all right, let's move on. Uh, PS Plus loses almost 2 million subscribers. This is coming from Polygon. That sounds really bad, but don't worry. It's not as bad as it may sound. Uh, Sony has revealed that PlayStation Plus lost nearly 2 million subscribers between July and September of 2022, following its relaunch in June. Despite the number of PlayStation Plus users declining and overall monthly active users also going down uh, from 103 million to 102 million, Network services revenue, which includes PS Plus subscription revenue, increased by 10%. This is presumably due, in part, to users signing up for the higher and more expensive PS Plus tiers. Right. Uh, Daniel Ahmad took to Twitter to offer some perspective on this. If you don't know, Daniel Ahmad is a big financial guy. Uh, I think he mainly talks about like the Japanese and the Chinese markets. Yeah. Um, but he, he spoke up about this and he said, uh, quote, are subscribers down? Yep. But despite that, Sony just had its best quarter ever for subscription revenue. Revenue per subscriber in the PS Plus segment is up 21% year over year, uh, end quote. And then Tom Warren added, quote, yep, so Sony has less PS Plus subscribers paying more for the higher tier subscriptions, unquote. Right, right. So this makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, I don't care. I think it's still interesting. I mean, yes, they're making more money and like that's probably nothing to worry about. Um, but also why did you lose 2 million subscribers when you changed, when you shuffled your tiers? It was probably confusing for a lot of people. Sure. And I mean, we can move past this in a separate conversation. I don't think the premium tier is worth it. Uh, I have it. I don't think it's worth it at all. They're not giving what they promised basically, which is those classics. Like there's been no new. So like what's, what's going on with that? But yeah. I still, I still think it's, it's interesting um, so I don't know why I don't think PlayStation probably cares too, too much. Um, I also don't care. And I think PlayStation is just really sucks right now, to be honest with you. You would have to imagine that they kind of predicted this would happen. They have an analyst, data analyst and financial analysts. I'm sure they saw this coming. They knew that it was, this was going to happen and they probably planned for that. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're worried. They're making mm, money. So no, but, um, you know, those dedicated fans, Jim Ryan is certainly crying though. I'll tell you that. I'm with you, though. It is a hard time to be a PlayStation fan right now. They definitely lost. They're back to the PS3 era of uh, PlayStation where they just don't communicate anything at all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they suck right now. Yeah, but it's a great time to be a PlayStation gamer in terms of the games that are coming out because we're getting a lot of awesome sure. games. So God of War next week. All right. Last of Us uh, TV show coming sooner than expected. If you were waiting on the release date for HBO's adaptation of The Last of Us, you don't have to wait any longer as the HBO HBO Max app has gone and spoiled it. 
Per the Naughty Dog Central Twitter account, along with several others, the HBO Max app posted a sneak peek of the upcoming adaptation, which included the release date of January 15th, 2023, in the description. According to sources inside VGC Video Game Chronicle, a reveal of the date was set for this week, and VGC's source claimed the legitimacy of the January 15th date. Yeah, this is way. I mean, I woke up to this news and I was like, January 15th. Wow. I was expecting this. I wasn't even necessarily expecting this next year, let alone January 15th. Interesting. I was thinking like April. I don't know. I just, I, I, I just thought it was very far off. Seeing I'm as very how, excited. Seeing as how HBO is taking forever with producing their stuff. House of the Dragon, we're not going to get until 2024. That's insane. The next season. So. Anyway, uh, I'm excited. I think this show is going to be good, uh, especially uh, the reason that I'm really confident in it is how closely Neil Druckmann was involved with it, who, of course, is the original creator, writer. He's in charge of, I mean, he's like a head on show at Naughty Dog now. So president, I don't yeah. fucking know what he is, but that's why I'm I'm like, I'm pretty confident that this is going to be pretty good. And it's got the Chernobyl director, right? Correct. Chernobyl. Uh, well, the Chernobyl writer directing team, whatever. Right. For it. So. Yeah, can't go wrong. Yeah, I think it'll be. I good. mean, normies are excited for this. Like uh, people that don't play video games think it looks like a cool zombie show. So, yeah, they've heard a lot about the, the game. Right. So now they're interested in watching the show. Right. So I hope it does well. Yeah, me too. All right. Modern Warfare 2 breaks franchise sale record. This is coming from VGC. If you were wondering if COD is still profitable anymore, given the soft sales comparatively of Vanguard, we now have your answer. Josh. Yes. According to Activision, Call of Duty Modern Warfare has enjoyed the most lucrative launch in the history of the long running franchise. The game topped eight hundred million dollars in sales in its first three days of availability. And in doing so, it surpassed the previous five day franchise sales record set in 2011 by Modern Warfare 3, which is goddamn insane. The game also set new franchise records for the number of unique players and hours played through its first three days for a premium Call of Duty game. Uh, I mean, people play. People play them, man. Who who am I to poo-poo it? I don't, I don't know what to say. I just, I... I have to reevaluate my uh, uh, thoughts on the franchise. Because when, you know, we saw the decline year over year, especially with Vanguard, I'm like, see, you know, that's nobody, nobody wants to play him anymore. Yeah, but they went back to the well, dude. Yeah, and it it worked. The most, you know, the biggest entry in the franchise ever. They they just called this the same thing. Hey, bro. I, um, I don't. I, I I'm picking it up after this stream's over. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not paying full price for that game. The only thing I want to play is the campaign, which I've heard, I've heard good things on. I've also heard some controversy around. Uh, I don't really give a shit. Uh, I usually enjoy Call of Duty campaigns. I liked Modern Warfare One's campaign. The Same. this, the the new Modern Warfare with this uh, the sequel re, uh, remake reimagining. Are you fucking dying right now? There's so many, dude. There's a Modern Warfare. There's a Modern Warfare remastered, and then there's a Modern Warfare reimagined, and then there's a remake. I I don't know what to tell you anymore. 
There certainly are a lot of games in that franchise. So, and there was a lot of them before Modern Warfare One even came out. So, yeah, that just goes to show you how many there really are. All right, uh, we're almost done here. Sega's Lost Erotic FMV Thriller found and playable 25 years later. This is coming from VGC. Sega was set to release The Sacred Pools in 1997, but ultimately chose to cancel the project after it was met with negative reception from press at E3 1996. However, game preservation site Gaming Alexandria has now found and shared downloadable prototypes of the PC, Sega Saturn, and PlayStation 1 versions of the game. Although rumors that a prototype still exi existed have been circulating online for a number of years, nothing has been found until recently when a game collector informed Gaming Alexandria in May that David Gray, who is an associate producer on The Sacred Pools, still actually owned the discs to the game. Access to the discs allowed it to be... Dude, the way I say discs is so weird. Discs. Uh, access to the discs allowed the game to be ripped, and now you can play it. Gaming, Gaming Alexandria stated, in all honesty, while the game is often confusing, there are some things to appreciate there. I watched gameplay. It ain't it, Chief. <laughs> but it is it's from 1996. From 1996. Yeah. Um, so. And apparently, uh, I, I remember reading something about the technology around the game. Um, Like them, how they connected the actual video clips and how you traversed quote-unquote through the the fmv was pretty groundbreaking at the time um so that's interesting it's also a smut game so that's interesting too yeah it's really hard to to sell this game it was like a horror smut fmv playstation one and sega saturn game yeah i mean that's another interesting thing too 1996 playstation was the main competitor for sega sega had their own console so Interesting that they were developing it for PlayStation. They probably saw the writing on the walls, but yikes! Uh, yeah. So all right, interesting. Good, cool, <sighs> cool from a game preservation perspective too, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always fun when a game that was thought to be lost, you know, resurfaces and is down downloadable for everybody to play. Right. Um, speaking of games that have surfaced and are now available to play. Got bad news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, retailers are selling God of War Ragnarok early. Uh, and you might wonder, why is this bad news? Well, I don't know where the fuck it's selling early, but it's not in my neighborhood. So that's bad news because I'm just going to get spoiled for everything about this game. Um, so this is coming from The Verge. Beware. Several social media users have begun posting significant late game spoilers for God of War Ragnarok, including a video understood to be the entire conclusion of the game don't uh, be careful sony santa monica creative director Corey barlog took to twitter to express his frustration with the situation quote a retailer selling the game nearly two weeks before release just so disappointing he wrote quote sorry to everyone that you have to dodge the spoilers if you want to play the game fresh Completely fucking stupid. You have to do this. This is not how any of this is not at all how any of us at Sony Santa Monica wanted things to go. If you're a retailer and you're selling the game early, you're bad. If you're somebody out there spoiling the game, bad. If you're somebody playing the game early, you're bad. Let me go back to the spoilers. The people that get some sort of satisfaction. 
people that get some we should sort move of, on <laughs> the people that get some sort of satisfaction from spoiling oh i see what you're saying the people that get some sort of satisfaction from spoiling the game from people you're bad and you are a special type of degenerate at josh hptc on twitter ladies and gentlemen um that's yeah, the I won't, only person I won't that see was involved. It. I won't in see it. I have I have 120 stop, words. Stop, I have 120 stop, words stop, surrounding stop, that. Stop. <laughs> I have 120 words surrounding God Award muted on Twitter. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, have to cast, have to get into this video podcast, the audio podcast is sponsored by W Energy. W was formulated to give you focus and energy with no jitters or crashes. Their formula contains vitamins, amino acids, and nootropics, including the patented NeuroFactor. Uh, there's no calories. There's no sugar. There's no artificial colors. There's no fillers. Basically, ladies and gentlemen, none of the bad stuff, all of the good stuff. So you might be wondering, how much does this cost? How much is W Energy at W.GG cost? I'm here to tell you right now, your current energy drink may cost anywhere from two to three dollars per can. W only costs one dollar per drink. You're saving money, saving ten percent actually, as well if you use code Slick. Because if you find it hard to work or study, use code Slick S L I C K Slick to save on W. Save ten percent today on your W.GG order by using the code Slick. You're helping us out. You're helping W out. It's a win-win. We love the product. I'm not drinking it today. I'm drinking Cool Blue Gatorade, uh, but that's beside the point. W. Would you like to talk about the... Are you done talking about what you were talking about? What do you mean? I'm not talking about anything. We're talking about Callisto Protocol now. All right. Hit me with it. Our main topic for today is the Callisto Protocol being canceled in Japan. Josh, please hit me with this. What is going on? Why is this game canceled? So Callisto Protocol has been canceled in Japan. The horror title was unable to get a rating from the Japanese, from the countries, the Japan. Uh, rating boards. Yeah. <laughs> you all right? Yeah. Zero, C-E-R-O. Uh, according to an announcement made via the game's Japanese Twitter account, the title was unable to secure an age rating from the Japanese Computer Entertainment Rating Organization, or Zero. The Callisto, Pro quote, the Callisto Protocol has decided to stop the release of the Japanese version, the statement said, uh, a translation of which has been verified by Eurogamer. Quote, as of now, the Zero rating cannot be passed. We have decided that we would no longer be able to provide you with the experience you need. We hope everyone in Japan will understand. If you have already pre-ordered, we will refund you. End quote. According to Serkan Toto of the Japanese consultancy firm Canton Games, Zero didn't agree with the amount of violence featured in the space horror title, with developer striking distance reportedly not wanting to cut any content from the game. So basically... Japan's Zero board was like, this is too violent. You got to change stuff. They're like, no, nah, we ain't changing it. They're like, well, then you're not going to get past. And they're like, all right, well, then we're not releasing it in Japan because we're not compromising yeah. our vision. Right. TLDR, that's what you get. You know what I love? I love the one quote you read, uh, the Japanese the Japanese statement. Um, where's it at? Oh, here it is. We have decided that we would no longer be able to provide you with the experience you need. Not that you want I the think experience. That's a, that's, a you, that's a translation thing, probably. I love it, dude. 
the tra- yeah. it's it's dude it's what you need yeah um here's the thing first What's of all thing? i i like that striking distance isn't compromising their vision right that's good to me i don't understand what the problem is like what 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 side do you mean from like a content perspective who are you who are you protecting right if the game is going to be rated m or whatever their version of it is who who are you protecting and also why do you have a problem with the content of this game but yet every anime i can go on and watch just has freaking fan servers all over the place you know yeah. what i mean your, your your culture is hyper sexualized yet you can't you don't condone hyper violence right and that's kind of what i want to talk to you about i want to make this you know that's the that's the new story now I want to move on and I want to take this into a conversation of yeah. is censorship in video games necessary? And can we talk about the contradictory actions of Japan in terms of what is censored and what isn't censored? Can we talk about how Japanese uh, Japanese game companies are now starting to over censor things? Look at uh, Devil May Cry 5. It was released and Sony PlayStation actually censored certain scenes because it showed a woman's like cleavage and a woman's butt. Um, which is very opposite of what you would see from a Japanese company company usually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about it. So acceptable content in Japan versus the USA. You kind of touched on this already. Yeah, and service and anime, right? Versus, well, I don't know if it's a if it's like a distinction between like maybe whoever rates and reviews um, television or movie content or whatever is just different you know compared to whoever's running the games rating board you know what i mean but like there's been instances on the flip side of that where like some things are too sexual from japan to be released in the united states in the current version or something like that where they have to be edited uh first of all to even back up further from that i don't condone censorship of any kind you know rate it however you want to um you know what i mean rate it however you want to and then Whoever can access that can access that, and whoever can't, can't. You know what I mean? If your whole argument right. is protecting people. But anyway, so there's been things on the flip side of that. Um, and I just think, like, their whole culture is over-sexualized, right? I mean, maybe outside of their actual, you know. Are you there? Yeah. I have terrible tinnitus in my ears right now. I have a huge ringing in my head right now. Welcome to the cum zone. It just sounded like somebody. Japan was pointing the uh, heart attack gun at you, dude. Like all of the audio in my head just got sucked out. Anyway, what was I saying? I don't know. Basically, the problem is this, Josh. We have sex censorship in America and violent censorship in Japan. Right. And you look at the content that comes out of japan and we have and I, i'm not saying this is a bad thing i'm just pointing out the uh hypocrisy of japan they will not censor an anime with a 14 year old girl with large breasts you know flopping around everywhere but they will censor a game with you know blood and gore in it right and in america it's like flip-flopped where we're really violent we're really gory but you show nudity in a movie and it's like oh no this has to go back. We can't, you know, we can't have this. Right. So um, it's a culture thing. 
Yeah, and frankly makes a good point or question, I guess, in the chat. It says, isn't there a huge campaign in Japan for more people to have sex? Uh, yes, because their population is like 70%. 70% of their population is like over the age of 50 or something like that. Like they're old, a bunch of old fucks over there. Yeah. Basically. With the rise in technology and, and you know, there being that many people, everyone's kind of becoming introverted. Uh, they're becoming hikikomoris, which are shut-ins, basically. Right. <clears throat> that would rather play video games and instead of going and interacting with real people. Yeah, me too, um, dude. So. Me too. Um, so yeah, so there's that. Um, and then you made a great point about, again, it's a cultural thing, but with like the age, I think the age of consent in Japan is 16, 14, 13. It's, it's young. Disgusting. It's bad comparatively to Western countries. So there's that. And you're right, there's like a total, I guess, just shift in what they deem as acceptable there. Yeah. Uh, in that. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's 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 strange. And on top of that, I just. I don't know, it's it's just so weird what they deem offensive and they they deem, you know, what needs to be censored. But they're, they're going so far now that they're trying to compensate. And you have companies like Nintendo and Sony that are. Put releasing titles in America and trying to compensate for America's censorship. And they're now censoring um, scenes with naked women in them and stuff. Um, there was also a couple instances recently of Steam banning a game from release. It was a Robotics Notes game, I believe, which is a game in the Steinsgate uh, mm. universe or whatever. And there was a game that was involved like children naked sex something teenagers i don't know um and someone on steam was like nope we're not letting this fly and they reversed their decision initially but um that goes to show you that it happens on both sides like we will america will ban japanese games japanese you know japan will ban american games sometimes um it's just strange especially when we look at video games and we consider them art which right. is something that you and i both believe yeah uh, we both believe that video games are art so how do you censor that? How, how do you let that happen? You really can't without um, compromising the vision of the art. Right. You know what I mean? Um, in, I'll give you an example from my own background, right? Directing shows. A few years ago before COVID, directed The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which you came and saw, I believe. There is a there is a scene in that. Thank you. There's a scene in that that depicts the basically the sexual assault of the lead woman. Right now, I'm doing this with a younger audience as far as the actors go. But I was told initially that I can't do that. I can't depict it. And I said, okay, then I just I'll quit. I'll walk away. Like I'm not not doing that and i got in a huge argument with the producer of the show and she's like you know there's these kids it's a school i said i'm not compromising like, i'm not i'm not changing a curse word in a script i'm not changing a scene in the script i'm not changing lines in the script the script is the script if you don't do what the script says you're going against the intention of the artist which is the playwright in that case and to take something as important to a character out of it or not depict it at all is to do disservice to the project right which right. is why going back to the callisto protocol i love the fact that they're like, okay, we're just not going to release it there then. And anybody in Japan, by the way, can just import it. So, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go on Amazon and fucking import it. There's a, obviously a Japanese localization of the game. Right? Right. So, 
they can get it from somewhere else. And they're probably smart and they're going to include like a Japanese dub on the disc or something. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no know? way that it's not already, if they were going to release it there and the game is gold and done. There's a Japanese localization of it. That'll be on the disc or right. whatever, or, you know, just turn on the VPN and download it. And then Merry Christmas. Right. It's almost a non-story it, because of that. <laughs> so like, what are you really doing? Yeah. Like you're taking this quote unquote moral high ground, but uh, and frankly, it's, confirms that the age of consent is 13 in Japan. There you go. So, uh, your your what you mentioned your your point about directing shows and not wanting to compromise that vision, the original intent of the script of the art, brings me to an interview I actually watched. It's so funny. I watched it today with Samuel L. Jackson on Howard Stern, mm -hmm. and he was asked about Django Unchained and his mm -hmm. role in that movie, where he plays a very despicable uh, African American during the slave times, and apparently. The torture scene in the barn where Django is like hanging upside down or whatever is even worse, actually, in the original script. And mm. they film scenes in which uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character like burns Django's nipples off. Nice. And they had to remove it. And Samuel L. Jackson was talking about as an actor, as an artist. He was really hurt because he thought he was doing something awesome. Right. And what he was doing was making that character that he was playing that that whole scene made him more despicable and more unlikable. And it it added right. to the experience of this of the sure. story. It compromises right? their performance. You know, who knows what headspace they have to get into to perform something like that. Terrible right. and despicable. And then to be like, ah, yeah, we cut it so that we could fit it in with a certain rating. It's like, what? Yeah. What? Because the argument always usually goes back to like, oh, protecting children or protecting what or this or that, especially in Japan, but especially, especially in the United States. And it's like that makes no sense because in Japan like, you have billboards with naked ladies. How on about them. how about this though? Be a better parent. Right. You don't want your kid to watch or do something, then don't do it. And guess what? I guess what? I got something that's gonna blow your mind. You ready for this? Right. Whether it has an R rating, an X rating, whatever the rating is, I'll tell you what. My friends, because I was a kid once, if somebody wants to play or watch something, they're going to fucking figure it out whether they can access it or not anyway. So you're a fucking stupid little idiot, aren't you? You fucking are. You're a dumb piece of shit, aren't you? Be a better parent. Fucking teach your kids something that's worth using and not fucking poison their brains. If somebody wants to access it, they're going to access it. That's it. Don't compromise the art. It's not the art's fault that you're a fucking piece of shit. That's right. That's right. So. Um... Yeah, I mean, the whole purpose of ratings boards were to protect the children, like you mentioned. Make sure the appropriate audiences were getting the appropriate content uh, with the rating boards. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. People are going to play it anyway. Kids are going to play it. Adults are going to play it. You know, people will find a way. So, yeah. You think I should have been, I was supposed to be playing Grand Theft Auto when however old we were when it came out? Thinking about right. a. G San Andreas specifically? Hell no. Did I? I, Hell I yeah. vividly remember my dad playing Max Payne on the PlayStation. Yeah. And being like, you can't watch this. And then yeah. he would play G Grand Theft Auto and be like, you can't watch this. And then a year later, I'm playing it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, right. So. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, but you can. So. Yeah. So, so I'm, a, I'm against censorship as well, like you. And I think that uh, Japan is just going so far in one direction now. They're starting to ban stuff in America because they're they're trying to compensate so um and i'm not saying i want to see a 13 year old anime titty but what i'm saying is censorship's bad if it's art let it be art put it out people are going to get it anyway 
right that's it it doesn't yeah and it just really doesn't even matter anymore so what is even the purpose of the rating right. like what's what are you doing right what are you doing yeah so all right well that's all i got for you merry christmas i want to say happy halloween yesterday was halloween it was happy halloween merry christmas you did well it's it's christmas time yeah whatever so, dude Just we're boring. back halloween happened i have candy it is and, and uh, Brett, i must tell you it's november 1st and the philadelphia phillies are still playing baseball world series we're about to go after this is over and we're gonna watch it so we're gonna watch the world series of baseball that's right um also speaking of japan i was telling you this last night but they the philadelphia phillies might <laughs> frankly says go phil's only fuck houston um that's right. apparently um there is a one of the uh, uh, uh baseball phenom in japan one of the best baseball players in Japan. Apparently, really, his contract's up in Japan, and apparently he really wants to play for the Phillies, and he's a huge fan of Bryce Harper. Um, Bryce, I don't know if you're listening to this or not, but whatever you need to do to make that happen, please do. Because I'll tell you what, a Japanese baseball star on the Philadelphia Phillies would be awesome for the, not just the city, but for me personally. So, as a pseudo-Japanese man. As somebody that loves Japan regardless of what we just said about it has its issues. Somebody that loves Japan and Japanese culture. That would be awesome if we could get the ball rolling on that. So speaking of, we have a trip that we have to talk about to Japan. We were supposed to go in 2020 and then the world exploded and we have to book our flights before the end of the year. Otherwise we will lose all of our money by December 31st. Yes, correct. And don't forget, I need to get a passport. Oh, I need a passport. Yeah, you do. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching Hapcast. This has been another great episode. We hope you tune in next week, every Tuesday at 6.30 Eastern Time. Brett and Josh, the Slick Boys, will be here live on YouTube and Twitch if it decides to work. Um, YouTube has done this in the past. Yeah. So subscribe to us, follow us, and do all that good stuff. We're also on Twitter. Elon Musk can suck my dick. And uh, yeah, we will be paying for Twitter blue verification. It ended before we uh, were done. Play it again. We will be playing. Wait, I don't like this part. Hang on. We will be playing paying for Twitter blue verification. So we're going to get that check mark. Just kidding. That's fucking stupid and dumb. Um, and I don't I don't I, I actually everybody's complaining about it i'm here to tell you we don't fucking i don't care the only people <laughs> complaining are people that get it for free right now yeah i don't care i really don't care truly uh, you can take your check mark and you can check it into your butthole goodbye thanks for watching frankly hello mario do you see that i made a what I did. Incredible. <laughs>